Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we invite listeners, viewers, experts, professionals in a variety of industries to come on the show and have a conversation about what does it mean to be mindful and live these principles of mindfulness every day. And today I have a fun conversation that awaits all of us. We are chatting with my friend, Chris Westfall, consultant, keynote speaker, and author of the book, The Leadership Language, Using Authentic communication to drive results. So today there is no doubt you're getting the real me and the real Chris for a great connection on the good, the bad, and the interesting of living mindfully. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here and it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So, so thank you again. I really appreciate it. Well, and you know, I think it's, it's fun to share with, with the listeners on the show a little bit about how we connected because um, we actually connected through um, a business organization called the C-Suite Network and both flew in, kind of opened to possibilities um, to New York for this great mastermind and, and had lunch together. So um, there's a mindfulness even in, in our connection that, you know, the right people land in the right seats at the right time. And so listeners, as you're, as you're moving about your day, who's that person that you can connect to and, and grow a conversation? Chris and I, and I have had probably six or eight calls since then. And, you know, we've resourced each other for, for ideas and that's part of mindfulness. So Chris, um, one of the things we talk about a lot on the show is what makes mindfulness cool is, uh, there's a lot of different definitions and ways to practice it. So tell me a little bit about what does mindfulness mean to you? Is this a word that you use and how do you practice it? Well, mindfulness for me is a lot about awareness. And when I find that I am really being effective in, in terms of mindfulness, or at least as best I could can say what mindfulness is for me, because I'm not the expert that, that you are, but when I'm aware of my circumstances enough to get out of my own way and get out of my own head so that I can take action and recognize some of the limiting beliefs that, that don't serve me and recognize them for what they are, which is just thoughts and realizing that thoughts can't hurt you unless you make them real and make them into something dangerous and scary and frightening or limiting. But at the end of the day, I mean, thoughts are just thoughts. And as they say, all thought is fleeting. And for me, mindfulness is stepping away from that place where my thoughts look real, where my mind doesn't serve me. 
so that I can be in a place where I can really be effective and take action. Because when I'm in my head, I mean, when I'm lost in my head, I, I can't even, I, I can't even find my glasses and they might even, might be in my shirt pocket. You know what I mean? You ever been in that moment when you're in that place and you're like, ah, I just can't wear my glasses. I know they're around here somewhere. And, and you just get lost in thought when really they're right there in front of you. And when your thinking settles down, that for me is the place of true mindfulness. When your thinking settles down because that's where you can be most effective. And I'll tell you, that, that reminds me of a story that I actually put in the book uh, about, because when I was writing leadership language, I wanted to look in the direction of uh, you know, mindset. What is the mindset of peak performance? And I met this guy in South Africa. He, he's an extreme surfer. This guy looks for waves that are over 15 feet high. He's 22 years old. His name's Murray Wilcox. And you can read his story in the book. But I'll, t- I'll tell you just real quick. I said to Murray, when you're on top of a 15-foot wave, what's your mindset? I mean, what's going through your mind, right? What are those thoughts? Because if I can tap into those thoughts, I mean, if I could duplicate those thoughts, I might be able to duplicate those results. Now, I'm not surfing a 15-foot wave, but, you know, I mean, that's a matter of life and death when you're on top of a wave like that. So what's that mindset of peak performance. What are you thinking? That's what I said to Murray. And you know what he said? He said, nothing, nothing. I'm in the moment. I'm not thinking, should I turn left? Should I turn right? Here's how I'm going to surf this. Here's my plan. Here's the strategy. He's in the moment and, and connected with the wave. And that goes back to, I think what you were saying before is that idea of connection and connectedness as the place where our minds really help us to see possibilities rather than keep us lost in the kinds of structures that at least for me don't seem to serve me. And that was the message that I, that I really took away from Murray was that, you know, when we're, when we're at our best is when we're, when we're really in the moment. That was, so that's my, those are my thoughts on mindfulness. Well, that's what was fun about our, our chance meeting is uh, in today's busy world, so often we can dive into our cell phone at a lunch to check a message or or walk away. And we took some time. Speaking of. Uh, we took some time. Oh, to, oh sorry. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> for calling. Uh, How did you get this number? I thought I told you never to call me here. Excuse me. But, I mean, there, there's a perfect example of... of we live in a world that's always demanding us and how do we shut out those outside distractions or honor them when they show up? That's one of my, my common questions is, you know, Holly, I'd love to be a meditator, but how do I deal with monkey mind? And I say, thank it for showing up and give it a cookie and put it on a shelf. You know, we, we had the, the opportunity in that lunch to just stay in our own selves and doing our own emails and phone and all of that in this, this little lunch break but we chose to be authentic in the moment. And, you know, while that conversation might've started with what kind of salad dressing do you want? It ended up really giving us the opportunity to explore why are you here at this event? How do you think this event will support you? What do you want to do as a result of it? And that was the way we became present in the moment. And I think the more people who recognize mindfulness doesn't have to be a meditation on a yoga mat or even um, with, you know, Murray Wilcox's example, not all of us are going to have the opportunity to be on that wave, but that to be in that, that void of no nothingness or, or no things. We're not stuck in the things in our head, but in that moment is huge. So true. And I, you know, for me, like I say, I'm, I'm no expert on mindfulness, no, nowhere near like you, but for me, what pointed me, towards the connection that you're talking about, you know, and just, just the conversation that is, that has grown so much between us was, was just a natural curiosity. 
Do you find that that curiosity points you towards mindfulness? Is that something that you share? Because that's, that's what happens for me is when I show up with a natural curiosity, and that's true for our conversation, but that's true for the coaching work that I do. That's true when I find that I am at my best with, with my clients, particularly in one-on-one coaching sessions is when I show up and, and, they, and the only thing I bring to the conversation is, is curiosity. I mean, of course, I always bring, I mean, you know, you can't make your experience go away. You can't forget all the books that you've read or the life that you've led. But when I come into the conversation with a natural curiosity, it points towards, towards that mindfulness. Do you, do you find that to be true for you as well? Yeah, I, I pair that up with the word discovery. Discovery, that, okay. Um, I, I was doing a corporate retreat this weekend and it was, you know, oh, yeah. all about the power of the question as a, as a tool for receptivity that then opens us up to the, the answer. Um, so you have a lot of coaching clients. I know people say to me, you're a mindfulness coach. How, you know, how, how do you do that? And you, you are, your framing is really on um, personal performance and peak performance and how you can grow that. Um, how might somebody work with a performance coach on growing the curiosity and then, of course, the deliverable that they're looking to attain either personally or professionally. How do you work with somebody like that? My clients come to me and there's typically something that is missing for them. And it could be in an area of of their lives, but it it typically is in business. There's something that they want to accomplish for themselves. And where I've been very successful is helping people to pitch their business ideas. So my, my coaching really focuses uh, extensively on working with entrepreneurs because I've, I've done a lot of coaching. I've, I've helped coach my clients onto Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, which is what they call it in Canada and even Shark Tank Australia. And my communication strategies have helped raise over $100 million in capital investment and counting. So these, these strategies really help people to find that kind of effectiveness that goes beyond just pitch strategies. Because you and I both know, I mean, if you watch Shark Tank, the pitch isn't one when you give your pitch. You give a pitch and that's simply to introduce a conversation. And so in that conversation is where we find new results when you understand how to navigate that conversation and do it mindfully and do it with a new level of awareness and, a, and an awareness that says, how, how does this conversation really work? So when people are looking for conversational strategies, particularly, that's, that's where I can help. And whether those strategies point towards being more effective as a leader, more effective in sales, more effective in marketing and branding, or more effective as an entrepreneur seeking investment, those have been the areas where I've been able to, to help my clients to see the, the biggest results. So I love the, the subheading of the book, Using Authentic communication and we live in a world right now where there's the word truth question mark yeah, so true social media news question mark and in a lot of cases a world that says you've got to be perfect with the perfect answers all the time talk to us a little bit about the book and and how you educate and inspire folks around this idea of authentic communication well, the most inspiring leader is the one that is the most authentic, that walks the talk. And we all know the importance of integrity, but part of what the book looks at is how do you turn concepts like integrity and leadership into actions and into not just conceptual words, but verbs, things that are, that are demonstrated in action. And one of the 
chapters early on in the book takes a look at asking the reader to examine your greatest strengths because there's a lot of work that's done into examining strengths and the strengths finder and that sort of thing. It's very valuable, sort of a reflection, self-reflection. But in this day and age, as you mentioned, I mean, you can say anything. You can tweet whatever you'd like about yourself and you can brand yourself however you'd like. But branding and social media is not who you are as a person or as a leader. Uh, that is a persona, not a person. And it's important for leaders, it's important for humans <laughs> to look beyond the persona. I'm not saying that personal branding isn't important, but if people meet you and they, they like your avatar better than they like you, uh, you, you got a bit of a challenge. And if, if people need an Instagram filter to get close to you, again, I, I think that's, that's a challenge. So leadership is about authenticity because authenticity is the place of connection. And it takes courage to be authentic. Hey, who is that? Hello? I'm telling you, my phone never rings. You're the one moment you got to record the show. Authentically, <laughs> now I look like this. Back to the persona thing. My persona is I'm so busy. The phone never rings. <laughs> <laughs> but I authentically see that it does. Anyway. Yeah, now, now I can't say that anymore. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, back to what we were saying. I, I just think that authenticity is the key to leadership. And that's what people... People are seeking uh, authenticity now more than ever because there is so much news and fake news and how do you separate it and how do you know and how do you trust? How do you trust people in leadership roles to do the right thing? And how do you know if someone is a person with integrity? Because it's very easy to say, oh, well, I have integrity. But you know, my question is, well, how do you put integrity into action? How do you demonstrate that? And that's part of what the book talks about is through examples, cautionary tales, uh, stories of leaders who are able to put authenticity into action and the results that follow from there. So part of authenticity and being in the moment and being curious, I think yeah. builds a kind of this alchemy of vulnerability. You didn't just become the go-to consultant for people that want to make hundreds of millions of dollars on, on Shark Tank. How did you come to your own authenticity of being able to speak and coach and write on this topic? Holly, it found me. It found me. I mean, just, just like this shirt that I'm wearing. I don't know who made it. I'm, I'm grateful that they did. They did a very nice job with it. I hope the people who are viewing this like the color of it. I certainly do. But the point is this. I don't know where this came from. I, I don't know where this came from. And I, I, I don't know exactly that I could, and it's probably the wrong answer to give, I should say. There were six steps that I took. And because of what I did on LinkedIn, people came to me. And no, I found something that I cared about. And I shared what I saw. And I continue to do that every day via various platforms and various mediums and in person as well. I share what I see. I share what I see in a spirit of service. And when that service is offered, others see it as well. And they, they sense it as well. And some people don't, and they don't see it. And I don't work with those folks. But others do see an opportunity to tap into a, a hidden potential. And that's really what peak performance is about. And that's really what leadership language is about. It's, it's not an instruction book on say this, don't say that. 
It's about how to tap into that, that thing that we all want, which is our potential. We want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And the irony is uh, that, you know, when you get out of the way <laughs> is when your best self really shows up. So what's one of the hardest times you've had to get out of your own way? And yet once you did, you had a big pop of peak performance in your own business. It was when I was working on this book and I, I had most of the book written and I knew that I wanted to get it published through a major publisher. I've, I've self-published several books, but I wanted this one. I wanted a publisher and to me, it looked like the way to do that was to get a literary agent. And I got this hotshot literary agent out of Los Angeles who, who this, and this agent has created bestsellers for friends of mine. And I was like, this is it. I am so excited. And we began working together. I was totally fired up to work with this agent until they stopped responding to my emails. And, and I called them and I said, um, hi, you haven't responded to my emails. I wonder what's going on. Have, have your feelings about the book changed? Is there something that I should know about? And I got no response. I got no response to emails. I got no response to voicemails. And I finally got to the place where I sent them a message and I said, I'm activating the 90 day out clause in our agreement because this just doesn't look like it's a title that you're interested in anymore. And I'm not sure why we haven't been communicating, but I'm communicating with you that our relationship's over. And I sent that message. Well, that email got a response. There's been a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. Let's put this back together. And I said, Abs absolutely. I would love to work with you for the next 90 days. If you're able to get a publisher, then we have an agreement. And if we don't, you know, there we are. Thanks very much. And uh, 90 days came and went. And they sent me a notice and said, our agreement is now ended. And I was depressed. I was depressed. My back was up against the wall because I was like, I had this dream. I had this vision. I had this thing that I wanted to draw to myself and it involved having an agent and now the agent was gone. And so my dream was, was being crushed. And so I was sitting at my desk at this desk, as a matter of fact, and I did what I would never advise anyone to do. I, I started going online and looking at, publishers' websites to see how do you submit a manuscript. And I, I sat there at my keyboard. I went info at publisher.com. Hi, my name is, and here's my, and I sent my proposal and I sent off five of them. Just depressed. Just, just, I mean, just as depressed as I could be. And I thought this is not going to go anywhere. Two hours later, I got a reply. We're very interested to talk with you about this title. And Holly, within 48 hours, I had had a conversation with Wiley, who had replied to my email. Wiley is the largest publisher of business trade publications in the world. And that is the company that published my book. Not only did they sign me for this book, but they also have the rights to my next book. So it actually turned into a two book deal. Uh, and it was, it was beyond my wildest imagination. But what I learned from that is that when the thought shows up that says all is lost, to remember that it's just a thought. And what looks impossible, what looks impossible is typically what we're seeing between our two ears. It's, it's typically in our mind and we don't understand the processes that can actually come to be. Because if you had said to me, you could get a book deal with Wiley without an agent, I would say, you're smoking crack. That's not how things work. And yet, here we are. So the thing that, that shows up for me is 
as you've said time and time again, stay open to the possibilities. And when you think you have it all figured out and you know how this is going to work, or you know that this will never work, think again. Well, your story there, Chris, what a gift to, to me and to our listeners really brings us back again to everyday mindfulness is authentically living yourself and being curious about how far you can go. You told the story of, you know, Murray and the high waves. For you, it was writing a book. For our listeners, you may be wanting to work in the automobile industry or the construction industry that, you know, this show, we feature a variety of interests and people. And your goal may not be writing a book, but this principle of authentic curiosity can deepen your everyday mindfulness practice. And I'm so grateful um, for your sharing that because, you know, we often hear it's so dark, it's darkest before the dawn. And what a great example of you could have just said, never mind. And yet you stayed in that curiosity and discovery and how fast this mindfulness stuff works when you work it. True. Openness to possibilities is the first step to letting them, letting them show up. And like I say, when I, when I get out of my own way, when I was able to take myself out of the conversation and stop the self-talk that was keeping me from doing what I needed to do. Anyway, that, that's, that's one example of a million of how things have happened to, to me in my life. And when you find that yourself on track and with an intention to be of service and to help others, you never know where that can take you. At least that's been my experience. So thank well, you. I know lots of people listen to the show who may be ready. They have that window of possibility open and they might be looking for a coach like you, or maybe they're meeting planners. They have a convention that, that it's coming up. Um, or maybe they just want to grab a copy of this book and start to explore what is possible. What's the easiest and best way for somebody to get in touch with you for any of the services that you offer? Well, you do all the things you just described on my website, and that is westfallonline.com. You can sign up and download a free chapter from the book. You can view my speaker demo video, and you can find out about my coaching and consulting work. There's drop downs there. You can also find links to the articles that I've written on Forbes and some of the other things that, that I'm doing that can provide hopefully some insights. Oh, and one other thing that I wanted to mention is that I also have a YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel uh, is youtube.com forward slash Westfall online. And there's a number of resources that you can view there to sort of understand my thought process and how I look at peak performance and the kinds of results that I've created for my clients. That might be a good starting place as well if people are curious. Well, thank you so much again, Chris, for sharing your story, your authenticity in your book with us. We hope you'll consider coming back on the show again soon. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> that sounds great. Sounds great. Well, we look forward to having you again. Remember, mindful matters and so do you. Go forth and do good in the world. I look forward to talking again. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.